1: Now, this is money that's supposed to help feed people, help uh, females uh, still get educations, and all kinds of stuff. Do you think that that money, I mean, who in their right mind is sitting there that is watching over this, says, well, that money's definitely going right to the people that need help? Of course the Taliban wouldn't take it. Yeah, they wouldn't do it. And then when people start asking questions about it, what happens? Well, here's your answer. Yeah, crickets. That's what the answer is going to be because they can't answer where that money's going. This is a new report from the Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction. Reconstruction for what? What? What are we reconstructing over there? Didn't we spend enough money while we were there building new stuff for them? Would it break down a little bit and now we're going to reconstruct it and take care of it? This was released to the public on Tuesday. Oh wait, it gets better. It it gets better. This is our government at their best. Another $1.7 billion dollars remains available for possible disbursement at the time of this report dated July 30th. The total amount of money appropriated for reconstruction and related activities since 2002 dwarfs the figure from fiscal year 2022 and 2023 over the past two decades one hundred and forty seven point zero six billion dollars in US funding has been appropriated to that war torn Middle Eastern nation. One hundred and forty seven let's just round it up, all right down in fact one hundred and forty seven billion dollars. Town hall reporting that since then uh, Cigar, that's the name of the uh, group that takes care of this, Special Inspector General for Afghanistan Reconstruction, Cigar for short, S I G A R, released a report at the end of July detailing how the Taliban are taking advantage of this money, still flowing towards programs that are meant to go towards women's employment education, and food security. You think any of that money is getting to women's education, employment, or food security there, Aaron? You think that the money's flowing to them, or does it get to the Taliban and they've got the spigot turned up and they're filling up their uh, their bankrolls with it? It's definitely going to the Taliban, I would think, with the way the Taliban is now regaining control. They're regaining? They're in control. Pretty much, and... It's a bad deal. And we we just keep sending the money. How stupid are we? Hey, you guys need some cash? We got some more for you. Not a few hundred thousand dollars. No, that's not enough. How about $147 billion? That's a lot of money, folks. No matter how you count it. And no matter in what kind of money it goes over there, whether it's in dollars, dinero, or whatever, it's a lot of money. And the inspector general does this report. Does he not send it to Congress? Congress should turn the spick it off. Turn it off now. Not tomorrow. Now. No more money. Coming to you. Sorry. You've bled us enough. Let's stop this crazy stuff. And you wonder why your taxes are so much. Well, now you know. If money goes out, money's got to go into the system. And the money going into the system is coming out of your pocket. And you go, well, Matt, it's a lot of you know companies paying that too, Dave. Yeah. Because they've got to raise the prices of their products to pay the taxes. You're paying for that, that stuff through the taxes that you're charged whenever you go out and buy clothes or whatever. Food, clothing, furniture. Um, God help you if you had to replace your, uh, your uh, air conditioner this year. Enormous cost to do that. And then we're all on the we're all on the you know the the, the uh, government uh, uh, numbers for a hundred thousand dollars per family for all the money we owe. that's in our uh, our budget that's out there that's sitting there, that uh, 32 trillion dollar debt we got. You know we've got to pay that back. And, it, it, you know, they say the government's got to pay it back. You know what? When you say government got to pay it back, they're saying, hey, Aaron, you've got to pay it back. Hey, Dave, you got to pay it back. Hey, John, you and and, and Rick and Mark and Marsha and, Marcia, and uh, Sally, all of you got to pay it back. And if you don't pay it back, then your children's got to pay it back. And if it's not paid back by the end of your children's lifespan, then it's your grandchildren that's got to pay it back. That's right. That's how it works. It's on us. It's our government putting it on us. They say, see what we're doing for you? We're giving you your money early so that you can pay it back over the rest of your lifetime. How stupid are we? I mean, seriously, how dumb are we? And uh, we keep putting the same people back in that keep spending the money. I mean, if there's people that are out there that are trying to keep from spending the money, reelect them by all means. But if they're just out there and just uh, writing a blank check and say, well, that that sounds like that sounds like a good program. Let's go ahead and start that program. And uh, how much is it going to be? A hundred billion dollars. that ain't big. Oh, 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 you went to college, but you can't pay back your loan. Oh, well, let us help you. And we'll pay it off. Yeah, let's just do that too. It all adds up. It all adds up. And it's on us. That's why I've been telling you about if you're preparing for retirement, don't put your money in a 401k. Put it in a Roth. Better that right now you pay the, the tax man at a lower rate than... Uh, 20, 30 years from now, when the taxes really kick in to to be uh, paying for all of this spending that's been going on, like a bunch of drunken sailors, and really I should be apologizing to drunken sailors. Uh, The bottom line is uh, those taxes are going to go up, and so when they take the taxes out of your money, because you got, look, all that money you got in 401ks, you share that. With the federal government, they see they let you put that money in an account and you didn't have to pay any taxes on it, and they're just waiting for when you start taking the money out and if the tax rate is higher, they get more money out of that now than they did when you put it in or or they would have gotten if you had paid the taxes when you put it in, and that's why they've got now. They passed uh, legislation that says by the time you're 73 years old, you've got to start drawing down on that money. You've got to start taking some of that money out. If you don't, they'll take more of your money because you haven't taken some of your money out of your savings. Because they want the money. They want the money. I mean, i got to believe they all sit around uh, outside uh, their, uh, their meetings and stuff amongst them and just just have a good time screaming, Show me the money!
0: Show me the money! Show me the money!
1: Yeah, that's what they're doing. Show me the money. So that's well, just something to keep in mind. It's, it's there. Whether you like it or not, you're going to pay it back. And they're going to make you pay it back and they're going to make you pay it back earlier than maybe you want to pay it back because you want to keep that money in your 401Ks to make more money. Well, no, 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 You're going to have to pay uh, some of that money back earlier because they need the money now. They need that money now so they're going to get it from you. I right, gotta get another break in here. It's time for a break. Uh time for us to talk about uh some other things that are going on and people that make this show possible. I wanna tell you about them here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show like Q C Kinetics. I was talking to Duck today. He's got a friend that's undergoing Q C Kinetics. His friend told him it's working. It's working. Now you should have known it would work. Because look, I put my I put my word on the line every time I do one of these. Uh, I only take advertisers that uh, what they say is true. I've gotten rid of one. Well, there's been two that I uh, I let go because they weren't taking care of people like they told me that they would, and so I stopped talking about them. Uh, but I just want you to know. QC Kinetics works. It will help your knee pain and your back pain and your shoulder pain and your hip pain. How about that pain in your, uh, in your back, keeping you from playing golf? Well, don't let anybody tell you that steroids and surgery are your only option. Not true. It's just not true. You can take my advice and call QC Kinetics. And QC Kinetics can make that pain go away with all natural advanced regenerative medicine. They're helping people here every day with these amazing natural treatments that restore and repair damaged joint tissue. Regenerative medicine uses concentrated healing agents from your own body to stimulate that damaged tissue in your joints so that they can work like they're supposed to. And there's zero downtime. I mean, there'll be downtime if you have surgery. You know that. It might be some downtime if you take a shot uh, into your uh, your joint. Know this. If you're getting steroid shots into joints, it's damaging the joint. If you've been taking steroids, period, it attacks the joints because it gets rid of inflammation. That means that you get rid of it everywhere. And that means it will affect all your joints. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting medical breakthrough that uh, patients are getting real lasting relief and are saving uh, money and saying no to surgery and to drugs. If you got pain due to an injury or arthritis, it's a remarkable option that you need to check out. So take a consultation. They're free, no cost. They'll sit down, they'll explain the whole process to you. Call QC Kinetics at 501 222 8440. It's 501 222 8440. QC Kinetics. That's the name. Remember the name. Remember the number. 501 222 8440. Show for a Thursday, and uh, trying to get this guy on is tough now. Used to be fairly easy, not anymore. Right? They, a lot of people want him to come on and and talk, or they he's going to big meetings with a bunch of a lot of different people, helping them kind of understand uh, the the where we're at in the insurance industry, and and it's it's not a pretty place. There's a lot been a lot of things that have happened. Uh, you know, you have uh, hurricanes, you have tornadoes, you have straight line winds. You know, you have things that happen, and we've had quite a few things happen here in Arkansas, and it's con- it's it's put a uh, you know a pipe wrench into the workings of the insurance community as well. And so I've asked uh, Alan Kerr to come on today and to talk about this. I mean, this guy keeps his fingers on on this stuff, and right now it's not it's not all good, is it?
2: No, it's not. Unfortunately, Dave, it's. Um You know, since we've had the tornadoes on March 31st, uh, the the world's kind of turned upside down insurance wise for Arkansas. It was already stressed to start with, and uh, the tornadoes going through the most populated areas of Arkansas, uh, middle of Little Rock, and jumping the river and. um, Setting down again. Setting down again, and, and, you know, just just pretty much, uh, I forget how many miles this thing went, but it was pretty wide.
1: 32 miles.
2: Yeah. And that's a long time yeah, that's on a lot the ground of, for a tornado. A lot of distance. Um, but, I mean, a lot of people thought we were due for one to hit Little Rock, and I guess they were right. But uh, a lot of companies have uh, have stopped writing new business, accepting new business in Arkansas because of uh, the, the loss ratios and so forth here. Um, we continue to have hailstorms um, in various parts of the state. Um, when your policies renew, we'll just talk homeowners insurance for a minute. Well, when your policies renew, they will uh, uh, either have uh, greatly increased premiums. And when I'm talking, I'm you know thirty percent, twenty five thirty percent is is pretty much standard right now. And uh, um, the only way to get that down is to accept a different uh, deductible. And uh, all new business in Arkansas is not going to be written with a, a roof flat thousand dollar deductible anymore. Um it's going to be like a one percent deductible. And when I'm saying one percent, it's not one percent of the claim, it's one percent of whatever the house is insured for. So if your house is insured for two hundred thousand dollars, it's one percent of that two hundred thousand is your deductible for any kind of roof claim. So um you know uh that's that's the situation. Houses, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the things that, that comes to light when a uh, disaster like this happens is that everybody figures out their house was not insured properly, uh, didn't have enough coverage on on coverage A, which is the house I've already house been coverage. talking about this yeah. on
1: the air, because I'm going to take us back just a few years to Valonia. Right. And they found out that they were not set up correctly, mm-hmm. and now... We got this area here in North Little Rock and uh, Jacksonville and Cabot. They got hit by this the series of uh, a series of tornado that came through, and they found out they weren't set up right. Right.
2: Well, and, and look, people don't 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 understand. I, I had a lady call me the other day. She was having trouble with uh, with her claim, and uh, it's one of the things I do. By the way, I don't just write insurance. I help people with their claims and and try to uh, help them out with their insurance issues, but. Um, the, uh, situation was that, uh, her house was insured for what she paid for it,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, and, uh, um, that doesn't mean it will be rebuilt for what that paid is for correct. It for, that yeah. is market value. That is not replacement cost. That's and, right. um, if you want to know what, uh, how you should be insured, um, market value plus 30% is the absolute minimum. Uh, a comfortable spot is market value plus 50%. So if you pay two hundred thousand dollars for your house, uh, you need to be insured for two seventy to, to three hundred thousand. Okay, what she didn't understand was um, she got paid for her house, but then she had to pay out of that money somebody to come along and deconstruct that house to um, demolish talked,
1: it. I've talked about this to, on the to show. demolish
2: it to take it down to the lot again. And guess what? If and, and you know the city doesn't care if you're in dire straits or disaster, they're going to fine you so much a day after a certain period of time, uh, for not taking care of that debris on that lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's, uh, um, it's pretty important that you get with your agent and you, uh, you de- de- determine what it, uh, what it's going to take to, uh, to insure your house in a proper so way. So let me
1: just say this, <clears throat> it, it's important that you pick the right agent.
2: It's important that, number one, it's important that you pick an agent. <laughs> right, right. You don't need to be buying this stuff online. I, I know this, it, they try to make it easy, but um, unless you're an agent like me and you know what you're doing, it's it's hard to, to get yourself properly insured um, uh, by buying a policy online. Um, you can use that for comparisons, for rates and so forth, but at the end of the day... Uh, You absolutely need an agent,
1: okay? And then you need the right agent. Yeah, let me explain to people. Uh, I never had to call Alan and say, what do we got to do this year? never had to do that. He called me and he says, Dave, I've been going over your policy. (laughs) And here's what you need to know for what's coming up. We just did this not more than two weeks ago. Right about a week ago. Yeah. yeah, I got the call from you. You, I got a little. I didn't get a call. I got a text, and it said you're going to get some stuff in the mail. Don't worry about it. I'll be talking to you shortly about it. Yeah. So when I started getting some stuff about uh, car insurance and things, I, I, Linda's going what? And I said, <coughs> Alan said he's going to call. You'll talk to me about it, and you did. And uh, I have all my insurance all together. Right. Uh, housing, you know, house your cars and all the rest. And uh, you say, well, you're going to save a little bit on your car, but it's going to be a, a little bit more expensive for your home. But taking both of them into, into consideration, this is what you're looking at. Right. And I appreciate that.
2: Well, we try to look at it as a package. And, you know, when one goes up, another one may go down. So we are, our goal is to kind of keep you even even money. Yeah. Um uh, it just so happens that, uh, you had a new roof from PI roofing I put did. on your house <laughs> because of a <laughs> little uh, plug there and because of, uh, hail. Yeah. And, uh, because you've got a new roof, they give you a discount for mm-hmm. that. So, uh, we were able to take several hundred dollars off of your renewal, like uh, to, uh, because of that new roof. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we, um, uh, rerun your credit score. Credit scores have a big, uh, play in uh, um and that's insurance gonna, rates so that's good yeah so uh, <laughs> your credit score has gotten better so uh, that that's going to save you money on your on your insurance too so um but you know the main thing is uh, to make sure you're insured properly you know a lot of people think that the uh, uh the four wheeler that they got parked in the garage is covered under the homeowner's policy it is not mm-hmm. you have to have a separate policy uh, the boat, and it's, if it's parked on the property, it's insured. If the tornado hits it, no, it's not. Uh, if you don't have a separate policy on it, so there's a lot of things like that that people don't realize. You know, if if, if you know you, you may be an expert in whatever you do for a living, but uh, we're experts in doing what we do, and uh, we uh, uh, we take good care of our customers. And there are some agents out there lot right now. Insurance companies don't like agents getting involved in claims. I just tell you that right now. So if you think your your agent is a is a dud and and he's uh, he's, he's there, he or she is doing basically what their company is asking them to do and they're not going that extra mile but they discourage them from getting involved in claims and in, in my mind that is that's part of my job I mean I made you a promise when you bought that policy I have to see that promise through and I have to make sure that the people who are fulfilling those promises or doing their job. So
1: make sure that the company is doing all that they're supposed right, to do. Right.
2: And even when we don't have you as a customer, people call me and say, look, I, I can't get this company to pay me for my loss of use. So I can't get them to pay me for our, my rental car. And, you know, as, as a former insurance commissioner, I, I know, and I and a, say legislature, mm-hmm. I, I passed all the laws that, uh, um, uh, that you require were these, to help yeah, these people that require out. these these companies to do whatever and uh as an insurance commissioner it was my job to um um to monitor that and to make sure they they did what they were supposed to do so as an ex commissioner i can still uh, i can still help out here and there and uh um influence these companies to do what they're supposed to do so anyway that's that's kind of what uh um what I'm doing nowadays, we're, we're writing insurance and uh, we're doing some consulting. So um, trying to help people as much as we can. We've had a lot of people call us uh, with uh, problems with their claims for their earthquake, an uh, earthquake, their uh, tornado. And um, um, you know, it's a process, um, but there's still folks out there. Some of them got paid pretty fast. Um, other ones, uh, insurance companies seem to be dragging their feet. And I, I don't, they know they owe the money. I just don't understand why that they they feel it, uh it's going to benefit them to uh, to 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 pay it later. Um, but in Arkansas, there is a um, uh, there is a time period they've got to pay those claims, and we try to hold their feet to the fire.
1: You know that there's a problem when you start seeing billboards go up that saying, <laughs> "Problem with a tornado claim? Call right." Right, you know that there's a problem somewhere, and uh, those billboards are up. Yeah, we've all, we've all seen them. All right, back with you. Nine twenty-three. Mike is on the line. Mike, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. And you have a question for Alan Kerr. I do,
3: I do. So I lost the building <clears throat> and a business in West Little Rock, and I've I've learned enough to discover this term value policy law, and I'm curious if you could speak to that and what I'm finding to be. The elusive um, descriptor of total loss.
2: The elusive descriptor of total loss. Well, um, it's it's got a diff- different definition depending on who you're talking to. Um, usually, total loss means that uh, it costs you more to build it back than uh, than it would be to take it down and start over. So, uh, um, uh, not knowing all the the details. Um, mm-hmm. The value policy law basically means that whatever you're insured, whatever it's insured for, uh, they write a check for if it's a total loss. Right. Uh, they right. can't they can't decide. Well, it's it would it wouldn't have taken two hundred thousand to build it back. We you you could have built it back for one hundred and fifty. That's what we're going to give you, even though you you bought two hundred. So um, um, I'm assuming that uh, you've you you've talked to your company about total loss. Are they are they Showing it as a total loss, or is it? Uh, uh, are yes, you still going back and forth about that?
3: We're still going back and forth. In fact, they're they're pretty settled, and, and the reason that they are settled, I mean, if you walked into my building, everybody who's been in there, it is an obvious <clears throat> obvious total loss. i I own about an eighteen thousand square foot building right next to the fire station there on Shackleford Road. Oh my goodness! And we took a direct hit. Yeah, so we lost the entire roof. Um, everything inside was. Um, immediately destroyed by the rain. You know
2: what? I know which building in. you're talking about.
3: Yeah. So <laughs> the reason they are not calling it a total loss, from what uh, my adjuster is saying, and he's a great guy, he's a nice guy. Yeah. But he says there are still walls standing on the exterior. And he says, so the term that he is using is it is repairable. Now, they're not arguing over what they will actually pay out in the end. What they're arguing over and limiting me to is the ACV value for the time being until I show that I have spent the money that went up to my policy limit and then they will reimburse several hundred thousand dollars at that point. Yeah. Um, my argument is it's a total loss. The fire department right next to us, total loss. There have been three or four buildings right around us all all uh, leveled to the ground Yeah. because of total loss. So anyway, that's where I find myself is uh, waiting for them to to do that. I don't think I'm going to get it. And by the way, they have done, we've done a very extensive estimate of replacement cost, and it does exceed my policy limit. And, uh, they still refuse to call it a total loss. Okay. Um,
2: yeah, that's a tough spot to be in because if you go ahead and, and, and do what they're asking and replace it, then you come up short and you can't finish it. Uh, they say, yep, you're right. It was a total loss. Here's your check um and usually you don't have uh I, I don't think you've got replacement cost on your uh, uh your building coverage on that particular policy um so uh, you don't have you don't have an extended uh, coverage on there so yeah i mean that's going to be an issue if you can come up with um, uh you've already shown them the the uh, uh estimate that you've got mm-hmm.
3: well, yeah they actually hired that to be done on their part. They're the ones that provided that to me.
2: Okay, so, they they came up with an estimate that's going to cost more, cost more to replace it and finish it than you. Then you're insured for. Yes. Uh, I'm I'm confused why they're still arguing with do you. Do you want to it talk was, to him? It was their claim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can you can call me uh, uh, off the air. 501-766-7140. I and I will uh, do that, buddy. Let me let me What's walk you through that pardon me?
3: Your point of, your point of, set, of uh, reminding the listeners that they need to look at their policies. They need to look at their policy limits. Yeah. Um, we, we're going to be okay. The Lord is uh, sovereign. He's taking care of us through all this. So no complaints. But had I been able to go back earlier the morning of the tornado, I would have actually raised policy limits <clears throat> to cover things that were underinsured. So everybody should be doing that. They should be yeah. finding men like you to do it with. So thank you for taking my time and taking time to take my call. But
2: Yes, sir. I yeah, appreciate we'll call and yeah, see if he a, can help you. Give me a call off the air, it. and uh, we'll we'll see if we can help you out. Okay. Thanks, right. guys. Appreciate right. it.
1: Thanks. Talk to you later. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's pretty bad when an insurance <laughs> policy uh, com- company says, "Yeah, here's what your policy is, but this is what it's going to cost, and it's more." Yeah, I mean that's that's uh, we're talking about splitting hairs
2: here, and it's just a delay tactic. They know they're going to have to pay that out. Um, uh, so we'll we'll work with him, see if we can't get it get something done. Um, honestly, usually a letter from the uh the insurance commissioner's office <laughs> releases Expedition. that money pretty quick, yeah. So uh uh that's been my experience anyway. Um but yeah, we'll we'll see if we can help him. But you know, unfortunately that's that's kind of the theme, especially over there in Walnut Valley area where a lot of those houses um
1: Got uh, destroyed. Were, got
2: destroyed. I mean, it wasn't a matter of, of, hey, I got roof damage or I got a tree down. The, if they had a tree down, the tree down was on uh, down the middle of the house. I yeah, mean, it's right. just uh, it's ridiculous uh, how much damage it was done. But anyway, my heart goes out to all those folks. All right,
1: back with you. Alan Kerr is here. We're talking insurance. Uh, if you have questions about, uh, still having problems about tornado uh, damage and things of that nature, you can call him and he'll take your call uh, by phone. On that, we won't uh, tie up the lines uh, f- with people calling in, but he does believe he can help that gentleman that called in oh, yeah. earlier. Oh, yeah, to do that. Do you want to give just give your number out? Yeah,
2: I'll give it out. It's uh, 501 766 7140. If you've got some information you'd like to email me, it's uh, Alan, allen at com a-l-l-e-n-k-e-r-r pretty easy. pretty easy dot there com you. so yeah send it to me i'll try to help you out uh we're going to talk a little bit about long-term care insurance right now yeah, fire uh, away there is um, um a lot of companies out there that uh the history of long-term care insurance is that uh, late 80s early 90s when they this these products came about to uh that you could buy a policy to help you out in your later years for um Uh, long-term care in uh, the nursing home or care at home most people try to buy it for care at home as long as they possibly can Um, assuming they can hire a caretaker and there's a lot of companies out there uh, visiting angels off the top of my head is one of them that that um, um, will uh, fall claims on these policies for you anyway a lot of folks got a lot of money invested over the period of time in long term care policies and now they're getting letters from these companies saying you know what we've Uh, we 've undershot our uh, our actuarials, and uh, we're, we haven't been collecting enough premium and uh, we're we're in danger of uh, uh, going below the 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 amount that we need to keep in on hand to pay your claims so they're going to offer you buyouts of your policies and they're going to offer you reductions of your uh, your daily benefit your total amount of lifetime coverages and, and things like that. And uh, those of you out there, they're, they're raising eyebrows. Well, I just got a letter like that uh, the other day. Um, the, uh, uh, first off, I want to tell you that <clears throat> um, the insurance industry has a mechanism just like um, the banks do um, uh, for uh, insolvency, and it's called the Guarantee um, Fund. Uh, Arkansas has a guarantee fund and where they get the money it's not state money where they get the money to that for that is when there's a an insolvency of a, of a company they turn around and assess the remaining companies a certain percentage to make up what that company is is uh, lacking so there is a guarantee fund uh, works just like the bank's FDIC fund does and um, um, so if you're afraid that your company's not going to have money to pay your claim Um, chances, you know, that's very, very, very unlikely. Um, But if that does happen, um, uh, we've got a mechanism to cover that. These companies that sell long-term care don't just sell long-term care. They have other products too. For instance, if you're, you know, your grocery store doesn't just sell uh, bread, they sell milk and eggs and things like that. So if they're losing money on on, uh, milk, The the bread and the eggs and the chickens and so forth that they sell, they may be making a profit on to offset that loss. These insurance companies do the same thing. They sell more than one product. And, yes, if you look at just the one product of long-term care, most of them are losing money on it. But it's not going to make the company insolvent, if you understand what I mean. So if you're getting these letters, uh, we can help you with that too. Um, Just, uh, again, Alan and com. Um, 501-766-7140. Give me a call, send me the information and I'll walk you through what, what you need to do. Um, but, uh, a lot of folks it, and these letters are scary. No question about it. Uh, I got one here that says, uh, we're going to, we're going to request approximately 64% uh, rate increase, um, before the year is out and, and things like that. Um, as insurance commissioner, I set up a standard of a maximum of twenty five percent increase that they could they could get allowed. So when when if if they're telling you they're gonna they're gonna ask for one hundred fifty percent, I don't doubt it. They may ask for it, but the insurance commissioner is only going to allow them twenty five percent. So
1: we've got that. That includes the insurance commissioner that's in office now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've had a
2: conversation with him. These they're they're holding everybody to that good well, that same standard so um you can imagine if everyone's uh, long-term care all these taxpayers uh, and voters get their long-term care policies they they double and triple in cost um the governor's office is going to get a call yeah <laughs> and uh the last thing the insurance commissioner wants is is uh that that kind of thing to happen so he's going to hold them to that 25 percent and um uh Make sure that you don't get these these you know, too big a shock when you get your next
1: premium. So renewal. for the for these businesses that are saying, "Hey, well, look, we got to do seventy percent," do they come to the insurance commissioner and say, "Look, we got to do seventy percent. We can't handle twenty five percent. If we can only do twenty five percent, then this is what's going to happen." I mean, do they do they give worst case scenarios?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. They they they'll they'll tell you that they're going to be in dire straits. And you know, basically, when I was commissioner, I said, "Yeah, I understand that. So when you reach that insolvency portion, we'll come and take over your company, and run it for you, and uh, we'll kick in the guarantee fund to make sure everybody's claims get taken care of." Well, they don't want that; they lose their their company that way. Right. So um, um, most of them will accept the uh, uh, the twenty five percent increase. The inevitability. The inevitability or the option of having a lower one i mean you know the insurance commissioner can just hold them to a lower uh increase as well so um you know that's uh, that's the process that we've got in place right now um but
1: i mean you know uh, or, or they can say well we will will support all the 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 uh, policies we've written up to this date right after that date, we're not running – we're not going to write any more policies? Well, most of them aren't writing any more policies. Okay.
2: Uh, if they are writing more policies, they're writing them at a much higher premium, okay? Any new business they write, they're going to be writing at the, the proper premium. So, you know, that's the point – that's a problem that, that most of these policies were written with a, a premium cap where they couldn't raise the premium uh, too far later on, or they, they are uh, subject to a lot of benefits – that uh, they over over offered, I guess, as far as over promised as far as benefits go. So, so how did uh, they do that? Was it that they looked
1: at actuary
2: charts that were erroneous? Well, no, um, they didn't count on people living as long. You know, think about it. Nineteen eighty-eight, nineteen eighty-nine. They
1: had said the average person is going to live to eighty-five years old, and then yeah. you go on that and you find mm-hmm. out that whoever put that together was yeah. full of bull.
2: Well, they were they were counting on uh, seventy to seventy five, Dave. That that means that you're on your you, you would be on your final glide path right now. Yeah, I got it. You. Uh, okay. It's your age, so right. Uh, it, it's the bottom line is um, they um, underpredicted, and uh, now they're they're paying the price for that. Um, and they didn't make adjustments soon enough. I mean, they should have made adjustments in the late nineties and and early 2000s but they didn't and you know here we are uh, because business was good business was good and and they were selling a lot of policies and you know my dad always told me volume cures a lot of problems
1: Mm -hmm. until
2: volume slows down right so um and and now you're having and and and, you know we're selling a lot of policies with people who are in their 40s and 50s you're not paying out any claims that's right okay uh,
1: until uh, 20 years later
2: 20 years later 30 years later and uh now all you have are claims so uh and on top of everything else you you know as well as i do that uh cost of um uh in-home care and nursing home care is Continues uh, to go up seven or eight times what it was when they were they were doing this so um you know they're not only looking at doing it longer; they're they're doing it at a higher cost. So yeah, it it's a big fiasco. But um, so in, if in, you're in your 80s, yeah, I wouldn't su- I'd suggest not making any changes to your long-term care policy at all. They're they're making cash buyouts. I mean, like 10% on the dollar of what you put into it, things like that. Um, and but if you've got a diagnosis and you know you're not going to last more than six months that might be a good deal for you. Right. But if not, um, you, uh, I'd, I'd hang on to the contract you got.
1: Okay. So between you and me and the nearest fence post, mm. <laughs> what do you, what are you, what's your, what are you foreseeing for the future? Are you seeing long-term care going the way of the dodo bird? Um,
2: long-term care is going to get, be far more expensive. No question about it. Um, you're going to see a lot more innovative uh, policies to where you can spend more time at home longer because whenever you put them in a facility, I mean, you're, you're basically in a hospital mm-hmm. um, uh, for all practical purposes and you've got round-the-clock care. Um, but um, they're more, the, the newer policies are being ge- geared to more, to where you spending time at home and having a caregiver. Part of the day, all the day. Somebody
1: stopping in and checking on you. Right, right. A wellness check. A
2: wellness check. Well, better than that. Well, I agree. I mean, first thing
1: you think of is Meals on Wheels. Yeah.
2: Hopefully they can do better than that. But uh, you know what I mean. Sometimes you have to have help with uh, bathing and and things like that, Uh, you know, getting in and out of the bathtub and so forth. So um, have your meals done and and just just normal, (laughs) basic human necessities. And uh, um, it's far cheaper to pay someone per hour to do that than it is to pay pay somebody, pay several people per hour in a facility that's, you know, 24-7. Around
1: the clock. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That just gives you some things that you can probably see happening over the near future we got eight minutes left let's talk about auto insurance what's auto insurance looking like uh, mr. Kerr
2: well the problem is uh, autos were parked in those driveways
1: <laughs> when the
2: tornado came through yep so uh, you know you uh, auto auto uh, uh, claims in Arkansas were have, have jumped exponentially and uh, you know auto was in a uh, uh, a tornado um I'm going to say 90% of them were totaled, um, you know, just, and it doesn't take much to total a car anymore nowadays because of all the electronics and stuff in it. It's so expensive to replace them. Um, you know, if you, you dent a fender, uh, if it happens to have a, uh, one of the cameras on it, well, they can't get that, that, that fender back in the same spot enough to make sure that camera works in the right place. So that that plays it a lot into uh, whether they you know replace a, a car or just uh, fix it or, or or total it. So right. I've seen a lot of cars that looked like they were perfectly fine that, that ended up totaled. So bottom line is uh, auto insurance is is going to be uh, uh, going to be taking a rise. So to let it. me ask this
1: question, yes. okay? Because I learned about it, and thank goodness I learned about it because it saved my hide, and that's gap insurance.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, you can buy gap insurance when you, uh, when you purchase your car. Um, there are companies out there that, that, um, that it as part of your uh, policy. Um, my wife got, got T-boned in a car that, uh, was less than a year old and, um, they, uh, paid what I, what I owed on it and, uh, the value of the car. So, you know, gap insurance is if you're, you're you can be upside down in your car and i was by the time yeah. that this and, came up. and uh you may owe five thousand dollars more than what the market value is of that car and and that's what they 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 do market value they don't do replacement cost these trucks. Right. so um you have to have that gap insurance in order to uh to pay off the loans you can just start from zero
1: yeah i know? did i did it guatney's knew i had it <laughs> yeah. and uh I went ahead and bought a, a new car. You remember when my uh, my G6 was totaled? Yeah. And uh, it cost. Uh, I got all the money back on it, yeah. and I was able to buy another car. Without that, I would have been about forty two hundred dollars in the hole. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, that was a lot of money to me. Yeah, it was a lot. Well, it's still a lot of money. Yeah. Well, but the the thing about it is,
2: and and. Not to get down on the car dealers, right. but it, but if you're forty two dollars in the hole, they'll roll that into that next car. Oh sure, oh sure. And <laughs> so now the, you're now you're gonna be double upside down. So. Yeah,
1: and then think about what your car payment is <laughs> yeah. gonna be. I look yeah. at car payments. That's how I buy a car anymore. I look at car payments.
2: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, you know, auto insurance is is again probably one of the things that that everybody thinks is easiest to buy online. Uh, not uh, true. Not true. Um, so many people um, make mistakes when they, they buy their car insurance. Uh, you've you've got several facets to car insurance. You've got the liability. You've got comp collision. And then you've got all the other things that go along with it, uh, towing and road service and things like that. So um, I, I tell you, if you have a car accident, even if it's not your fault, let's say it's, it's not your fault, you were doing everything you were supposed to be doing, and somebody comes along and hits your car, And uh, it it not only ruins their day, it ruins your day too. And uh, now a car that you almost had paid for um, and it was in really good shape, you can't find anymore, Mm -hmm. okay? So you got to make sure you've got the right kind of policy um, to put you back where you were uh, prior to that accident. And and towing and road service, uh, rental car coverage, I, I can't stress enough. How important it is to make sure you've got rental car coverage.
1: Yeah, I had you know I had to come back to you because I had tow insurance, mm-hmm. and I think it was like fifty miles. Yeah, I will. And I came, I called you, and I said, "Up that, <laughs>
2: yeah, up that." Yeah. <clears throat> you know, you can uh, uh, tr- honestly, AAA's got a really good program. Um, if you've got teenage kids driving around, I don't let any of my kids drive around without without a AAA card. Uh, in her pocket. So, uh, I got a, I had a college age, uh, my youngest daughter, when she was college age, she used that, that card twice a year, never failed. You know, she'd hit something, tri- clip a curb or something, or tire would go flat, call AAA, you know? So, uh, uh, now you can, you, you put it on your, your auto insurance too, but the one that comes with your auto policy isn't as comprehensive as, as a AAA would be. So, okay. You know, we we write for several different companies, and uh, um, I try to put you in the best package possible. Even that means to, um, we we put your car insurance here, do
1: your AAA card here, that kind of thing. So So here's the key. Mm -hmm. I suggest that you call this guy for your insurance. Just saying, all right? I don't advertise him or anything like that other than when I have him on the air, He comes in and he talks to you. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what to do. What's the phone number to call you, Alan? 501-766-7140. Call that number and talk to him, and uh, he'll take good care of you. Yes, sir. He's taking good care of me and and Linda. And, uh, wow, how long have we been together now? Over 20 years. 25 years, something like that. Yeah, it's been a long time. All right. Final hour of the Dave Ellswick Show for a Thursday. Let's, uh, let's get right to one of the big stories that are happening uh, nationally. First of all, uh, your prayers for the people on Maui. I mean, seriously. I don't know if you've seen uh, the uh, video of that, uh, but uh, yeah, I was talking to, to Alan Kerr, and I mean, that, that's just ter- ter- terrifying for those people. I mean, there's there's stories of people that were running and jumping in the ocean because of the fires that were there or they would be burned alive. Uh, I guess they say now, right now, 30, they've got they know 36 people are dead. There may be many more yet that may be uh, dead. I got a a shot from uh, Greg Laurie, the pastor of Harvest uh, last night, and evidently they have a church right there in that area. And they haven't been able to get a lot of information at all about the church and uh, the the people that they pastor there. So if you get time to, to you know, get on in your quiet place and, and to talk to the Lord, do so uh, for those people. Pray for them. And uh, for you who don't think that does any good, I don't care if you don't believe it or not. Bottom line is uh, I've got my hope lies in my Christ and in my God. And uh, I... I've already said prayers for him, and I will say prayers again today uh, when it comes to my mind, probably while I'm driving home. I do a lot of praying when I'm driving now. Uh, you know, not much more that you can do during that time besides, uh, you know, I listen to the message or something like that, and as I'm driving along, so uh, i spend a little time with the Lord today talking to these people. I mean, that that place was on fire, and they had a fifty mile per hour wind.
3: Yeah, uh, and that's from a hurricane cane. that's eight hundred miles away. I know, from Hawaii.
1: Yeah. yeah, it just you know, I, look, I'm I'm very I'm very astute about uh, uh, hurricanes and typhoons. I mean, I'm a typhoon chaser. I've got my my little plaque hangs up in my office. And when I was on Guam, I used to fly with the weather squadron because I was there with FEN and uh, reporting on on the typhoons and stuff. And I flew through a couple of them. It's an amazing, amazing experience to do that. They they don't have to fly through them as much as they used to because of uh, satellite and, uh, you know, things that they now have that they can fly through them without being... A C-130 or whatever, but yeah, it was that was just incredible. Uh, I was uh, on Guam uh, just before Pamela came through uh, with 200 mile an hour winds sustained, sustained, not gusts, sustained winds. Literally blew all the little animals off the island. If you had a a chihuahua. And that Chihuahua wasn't inside your home you You probably didn't find it the next morning after the storm had gone by. You probably blew it to the other end of the island or off the island and then into the China Sea or pacific ocean and and it, it had died out there but the the bottom line is that you know those winds are amazing, and they and those feeder bands reach way out away from the storm. Now, we've seen that here in Arkansas. We've seen hurricanes that have landed down off the Gulf, down in New Orleans, and they, they they trend up through Louisiana. Maybe they take a right, head out across Mississippi or whatever, and the bands reach out and dump copious amounts of uh, rain on us. Uh, those are just amazing storms, the amount of energy that is unleashed, but a 50 mile an hour wind with the fire that was going on there, and it looked to me as I looked at, at some of the pictures, it was amazing to me that everything was kind of like built next to each other. It was in lines, built next to each other. So once one building caught on fire, the wind just blew it right down the line, to the next to buildings, the next buildings, the next building, and uh, some of the far away pictures that they got. Uh, It looked like the whole ridge uh, on that island was just on fire. So uh, our prayers go out to those people. All right, so the House GOP now is subpoenaing uh, the Biden family. Uh, Representative uh, Comer of Kentucky, here's his quote, Bank records don't lie. Bank records don't lie. President Biden and his son, Hunter, may have their day in court as the house oversight committee prepares to issue the subpoena for the father and son duo amid the ongoing probe into the family's business dealings comer of kentucky joined mornings with maria be maria bartolomá on fox business today to discuss the latest fallout from the biden family business probe telling host uh, Maria Bartolo, Bartitoma that the House Oversight Committee plans to subpoena the Bidens. We're putting together a case, and I think we've done that very well, said Comer. We know that this is going to end up in court when we subpoena the Bidens, he added. The GOP-led committee released new G, uh, Biden family bank records showing that the Bidens took in at least... Twenty million dollars from countries such as Russia, Kazakhstan, and Ukraine. Twenty million dollars. Quish, I wish, the, uh, I wish the media would ask the president, what exactly did your family do to receive this twenty one million dollars that the House Oversight Committee has proven? He just continues to say, well, that's a lie. That's not true. We have their bank records, he said, Maria. Bank records don't lie. The House Oversight Chair continued arguing that he and his colleagues have caught Joe Biden in, quote, so many lies, unquote, as the president continues to deny any involvement in his son's business. This is always going to end with the Bidens coming in front of the committee, said Comer. The Kentucky representative continue, uh, continues to dig deeper into the Biden family's web of business dealings. After numerous documents and countless testimonies, he is confident in the case that the committee is building against the Biden family. It's a complicated case, he said, and we're being obstructed every step of the way by the Department of Justice, by the FBI, by the Secret Service, by the IRS. And by the Biden family attorneys, and this is why it's important when I have Robert Steinbach on and he talks about the weaponization of these different uh, government groups that you listen to what he has to say and what's going on. Let me just read that. What Comer said again here, this is a complicated case and we're being obstructed every step of the way by the Department of Defense or Department of Justice by the FBI, by the Secret Service, and by the IRS, and by the Biden family attorneys. Despite being stonewalled by the government's top institutions, Congressman Comer said it will not stop the committee's efforts. We continue to produce evidence about every two weeks, he said. New evidence. Every two weeks. Keep that in mind. But there is a timeline on this. Now, people go back to the, uh, are heading back to, uh, you know, next year to the polls. They'll be voting for president, voting for Congress, voting for the Senate. And with those things in mind, you've got to keep the Republicans in at least Congress so they can continue doing their job. Finding the, the the truth about this information. There's a this is a lot of stuff out there. This is worse than what we went through during Watergate, and this this week we've been remembering Watergate, cause it's uh, you know anniversary fiftieth anniversary of what happened happened back in '74. So um, want to keep uh, keep all of that fresh in your mind. And then all of this fresh in your mind. I've been talking to uh, Congressman uh, Hill to see if we can get uh, Congressman Comer uh, back on the show. He was on the show when they started this investigation. I'd like to get him back on now that this investigation has gone on. And to my friends in the the, uh, media, shame on you for not spending as much time on this as what you spent years ago on Watergate as though a president that is taking money from foreign countries is not of any interest. $20 million. I can give you 20 million reasons why they should be checking all of this out, finding out exactly where the money came from, why did it come from, Why was it paid to shell companies and all the rest? It's a lot to talk about, about this story. All right. Got to get our break in, get that done so that we can get back to some other stories. I got a really important question to ask you when we come back. Deals with Ohio. We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're sitting at about 22 after, so I'll start uh, this segment. I'm not I'm not going to guarantee you I'll be done with it by the bottom of the hour, and we won't get into it a little bit more into the next hour. Big defeat happened uh, a couple days ago in Ohio. Ohio voters resoundingly rejected a Republican-backed measure that would have made it more difficult to change the state's constitution, setting up a fall campaign that will become the nation's largest referendum on abortion rights since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned nationwide protections last year. The defeat of Issue 1 on Tuesday keeps in place a simple majority threshold for passing future constitutional amendments rather than the 60% supermajority that was proposed. Its supporters said that the higher bar would uh, protect the state's foundational document from outside interest groups. And I'm not going to deny that. We're seeing that happen in our own state as they, uh, they fight to change our Constitution. Voter opposition to the proposal was widespread, even spreading into traditionally Republican territory. In fact, In early returns, support for the measure fell far short of former President Trump's performance during the 2020 election in nearly every county. Now, my question is, is why? Was the real reason that people voted against this because they wanted it to stay at 50 plus 1, best way to put it. you got to have, uh, you know, one vote over 50%, basically, to change something. Or was it because of the issue that uh, even Joe Biden said would be coming up in November of next year? He said, This measure was a blatant attempt to weaken voters' voices and and further erode the freedom of women to make their own health care decisions. Ohioans spoke loud and clear, and tonight, democracy, and it wasn't democracy, the republic, the republic won. A national group that opposes abortion rights, Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, called the result, A Sad Day for Ohio while criticizing outside money that helped the opposition, even though both sides relied on national groups and individuals in their campaigns. Republican lawmakers who had pushed the measure and put it before voters during the height of summer vacation season explained away the defeat as a result of too little time to adequately explain its virtues to voters. A main backer, Republican Senate President Matt Huffman, predict that lawmakers would try again, though probably not as soon as next year. And here's why. Because women have made up their mind, more women than not, that they want the ability to kill their unborn children. Now, maybe that's not you. But I do believe that what we are seeing now is a move amongst women in this country that a majority want the ability to kill their unborn child. A lot of people will look at me, Dave, and say, boy, you're being awful bold in saying that, Dave. No, I'm just, I'm saying what I think is true as I sit and look at this. The majority of people that wanted this to be stopped from being a supermajority, and I'm not saying that was a good idea either. I think that there's, with a, as much money that is is spent on uh, a lot of these things dealing with changing state constitutions and whatever, and a lot of the outside money that comes in, there has to be some way of protecting or making it more difficult just to uh, from something that uh you know gets the one or the other side excited to bring in x amount of dollars to make it happen, so you you gotta find you gotta find that sweet spot everybody can agree on, but there will be no agreement on this. I'm gonna tell you they could make it seventy percent, and I gotta believe there's enough women now that would say, I should have the right to decide whether my child is born or not. I should have the right to decide if my baby lives or if my baby dies. You don't have the right to tell me yes, and you don't have the right to tell me no. Well, I believe I have the right to try to protect the baby. A lot of this will depend on how you feel about the baby. Does the baby have any rights at all? Or is it a non-entity? Have you bought into that argument that it's not really a human being yet until it's born? Is that something that you've bought into? So what makes it a human being? Is it when it takes its first breath? When the crown of its head breaks the birth canal, you know, it's our, it's got a brain, it's got a heartbeat, it can feel pain in the womb. It's got many of the attributes that make it human. They can measure brain activity for the unborn child. And I don't say fetus, by the way, because you see, see to use the word fetus and the use child, is just saying the same thing. The Greek for fetus means child. That's what it means. So even the Greeks knew it when they said the fetus. Call it a baby, call it a fetus, call it a human, call it it what you want. Bottom line, it is alive. And if you vote that you want to make abortion legal, you're saying you want murder to be legal.